Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome to Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Well, the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck. Here once again with our chaplain and my good friend, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother take on some questions from her classic television program she hosted back in the 80s and the 90s. Great to be with you as always, Father. And with you too, Doug. And uh, the other day I was at the cathedral. I was covering the masses there on Sunday. And a wonderful deacon, he's 85 years old, and he said, you know, my wife was in Mother's first Bible study when she had the Bible studies here on the campus here, people, some of the ladies in the area would come here for Mother's teaching. And um, I wanted to ask more questions. Unfortunately, she had passed away, he said, four years ago. But uh, we get to sit at Mother's feet, too, in uh, answering the call. So we get to hear some of her wisdom, too. Right. That's uh, wiser today than I think it was when she first said it. Mm-hmm. Our topics today, uh, trying again, suffering is God's mercy, the solution to slander and rash judgment. Mother had to deal with that sometimes. And mm-hmm. first up, her, her favorite Marian apparition and on going to confession. What mm-hmm. about you? Do you have a favorite Marian apparition? I really do. And I've been, thanks be to God, to uh, Lourdes three times. And always a wonderful experience of Mary's uh, sweet presence. And recently I had a wedding. And uh, at the wedding rehearsal, uh, most of the family was not even Christian. Um, but it was interesting because right next to me was a young lady who is uh, actually a friend of the bride. And she was asking me all these questions. And she said, do you have a favorite miracle? And so I told her about a couple of the miracles at Lourdes that had been approved, remarkable miracles. And of course, that's not the central message of Lourdes, but it's a confirmation, really, of the, the beauty of Our Lady's presence and how she helps us. Absolutely. And for me, I'll, I'll, I'll put mine in for Fatima. I was mm-hmm. always a big Fatima fan, especially with the kids and the tra- attraction of that and, and having my own children and, um, and always found that to be uh, a wonderful story. In fifth grade, uh, I was looking for a book to read, and, my, and the sister mm-hmm. uh, g- gave me that book. Oh, yeah. And that was how I, I first read about Our Lady of Fatima. And, of course, again, talking about uh, being uh, prophetic, especially in the world we see today. And it's interesting with Mother when she, when she talks about the, the idea of, uh, of apparitions. It, it, she says, my favorite apparition is anyone that's actually true. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So a lot of uh, people going around saying they're getting words. Um, but we go with the tried and the true that we know have been approved, especially although we don't discount other ones in which the Lord may be speaking to us. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother is speaking to us about on this program. I have a call. Hello? Yes, thank you, Mother, for taking my call. And I wanted to ask, which Marian apparition is your favorite and why? <laughs> well, uh, I have great faith in, in Bernadette Subiru. I have great faith in the children of Fatima. All of Our Lady's prophecies at Fatima have come true except uh, the last one, and that is that her Immaculate Heart will triumph. We need her to triumph these days. 
think they're out of hand. It's like a running runaway horse. It's just gone out of hand. And you know it, I know it. And you may want to hide it, but it's there. We're always saying, well, we have another election coming. <laughs> you think that's going to solve it? No. Man cannot solve his own problems. Only God can. And since everything is so worldwide, lack of faith, hope, violence, murder, abortion, oh, you, you can't even, every day you think you've heard the worst and something else happens, you know, you just, it's getting a lot, getting to be a lot for all of us. And only God, if you read the Old Testament, he, he fixed up the people real fast. He put up with them. And all of a sudden, boom, that was the end of that, we start over. What's going to happen? I don't know. My favorite apparition is any apparition that's true. And that's the problem, you see. The problem is you can't prove a apparition until what is predicted happens. Then you know it's true. But as long as it doesn't say anything heretical or false, you can believe it. For example, if Our Lady says to 25 people in wherever, Say the rosary, you can believe that. Then say the rosary. You should be doing it anyway. You don't need a confirmation that that's Our Lady. If she's saying do penance, try that. It won't hurt you. I never saw anybody die from penance. <laughs> I've seen them die from drinking too much, from too much... Uh, Everything, too much drink, too much uh, uh, food, uh, too much sex, too much everything, too much of everything just grinds you down to nothing. See, so uh, as long as whatever or whoever, now when they start giving days and dates, uh, nobody knows what's going to happen except God, and he's not telling anybody. Now. I'd be ready, though. See, to me, prudence and common sense say the Lord should be coming the way we're acting. The Lord may come, and he may just shake this world good and hard. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to be ready. I want to go to confession every week. Why? I don't want to answer for anything except one week. <laughs> Forget this 20-year business, I mean. <laughs> I haven't been to confessions for 20 years. You better shape up, buddy. Because you're not going to have time to tell all those things. <laughs> if this world is going to shake, and it might, who knows? Um, you think you're going to have to, oh, it's a 1925, hey, forget it, you're going to be shaking so hard, you're not going to do anything but shake. <laughs> if that should happen, I know, tell you, mother's giving predictions, I'm not. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, the best thing to do when you're not sure what's going to happen, if it happens, is be ready all the time. Some of you could go to confession every day. You'd be in better shape than you are now. 
So what's wrong with that? You're scrupulous. Hey, I'll go where scrupulous. I don't care. At least I won't have that much to answer. Because when you go to confession and you've confessed your sins with a sincere heart and you don't intend to do that again, that's important. God forgets. Why you want to carry a load you don't need to carry? He forgets it. You know, one of, uh, one of uh, Margaret Mary, St. Margaret Mary's confessors, asked her, he was trying to prove that she was really having visions of our Lord, and he said, go ask the Lord next time you see him, what was my last mortal sin? So she did. She said, my confessor doesn't believe me, and he wants you to tell me his last mortal sin. And the Lord said, I don't remember. He confessed it. So if you don't remember one thing I said tonight, don't carry a load more than a week old. Because you don't know. You don't know. If you cross the street, somebody, a dear, dear friend of one of our vice presidents was walking down the sidewalk in Washington, D.C. A man lost control of his car, came on the sidewalk and killed him. He didn't know. He had no idea when he stepped out of that building. He was near judgment. Then we don't know. So I, I don't know, some of you like to carry loads. I don't know, but some of you that haven't been to confession in years, oh, you better run as fast as you can. <laughs> I'd pound on that door if I were you. You say, oh, but, but, but Mother Angelica said we're all going to pot. I didn't say that. <laughs> I never said that. I said, don't carry a load more than a week old, or you may go to the hot pot. <laughs> Why you want to do that? See, it's common sense. Common sense. Now, if you have faith, wonderful. Because faith will tell you, you cannot appear before God in the state your soul is at this moment. You cannot. You can't mock God, you can't. He's not a, an old daddy up there, you know. He's God Almighty, awesome, holy, compassionate, just, and merciful. But a lot of his justice is also his mercy, and his mercy is, a lot of it is his justice, see. So don't try to figure it out. It's too complicated. I just go to confession and don't leave anything out. See? Too bad we don't have a few Padre Peels around. <laughs> this one woman in one of the books I'm reading went to confession four times to him and he made her call this, uh, uh, walk up this high mountain as a penance. And four times she didn't confess one sin. And finally he said to her, close your eyes. There are two women that did this. And he said, what do you see? And he, she said, I see a pope in white kneeling, praying. And he said, yes, that was to be the son you aborted. Oh, another one came to him and didn't say it either. And he wouldn't forgive her. And he said to her, close your eyes. And she did. She said, what do you see? 
She said, I see a cardinal kneeling at a prayer And she, he said, yes, that was to be your son. Well, when you go to confession, don't leave anything out because God knows. And we all need to be clean inside. You take a bath every day or you know what would happen. <laughs> Big B.O. And moving ahead, next up, a question having to do with the solution to slander and rash judgment. Mm -hmm. In this case, uh, Mother's dealing with a caller who's got a lot of anger. Yes, and she really hits the nail on the head here by saying it really is stealing. You know, it's stealing the person's good reputation. You know, interestingly, Lila Rose had this conversation with this uh, dating group, and it was a... uh, conversation that actually went kind of Catholic viral, as they say. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. The show's yeah, called right. Whatever. And But I like what she wrote. She said, the goal is never humiliation, but understanding and truth. You know, because she had kind of made that guy think a bit. And he, he said at a certain point, you're annoying. You're in a goody two-shoes away, you're annoying to me. But how she had that desire not to humiliate somebody but help to bring understanding and truth. And that has to be our goal, not to humiliate, not necessarily just to win a, you know, a, a conversation, but really to bring people closer to the truth. Right, and I think that's something we all have to think about, even in the sense of apologetics and things like that mm-hmm. when we're dealing with people and issues of the faith. We don't want a pyrrhic victory where we burn down that person who yeah. was so embarrassed or upset and made to feel so belittled mm-hmm. that they won't ever consider the faith because they, you didn't treat them like a Christian. Yeah, and I often refer to that book, The Hidden Power of Kindness, that that's how people are brought closer to the Lord when they experience his love through our charity, our kindness, our patience, our listening too. Because people sometimes have real questions that they need answers to, especially in today's culture where they're constantly being fomented by a lot of uh, ideologies. Absolutely. And we're dealing with a lot of anger in this world today. The Solution to Slander and Rash Judgment by Mother Angelica. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother. How are you? I'm fine, dear. Where are you from? I'm from Tivenoo, Rhode Island. Okay. I have a lot of anger on people. You have a what? A lot of anger. Oh, yeah. Because when people steal food from somebody else, yeah. I think that they're stealing from God. Yeah, that's true. Um, when people, for example, maybe you're talking about slander or calumny. If I slander somebody, I do steal from them. I can steal their reputation away from them. See? If you make what we call a fool out of somebody, you humiliate them. You do take something from them. If you make up a lie about something, something that is not true, and you begin to spread that, you steal the dignity of that person away from them. And, and sometimes we do that by gossip. Sometimes we do that by rash judging and then spreading our rash judgment to others. Then they get angry and somebody else gets angry. And here we're the cause of, of spreading slander. And, and it is a kind of stealing from God. You steal a person's reputation, you could make them despair. You see, and, and that's wrong. 
And we need to pray for these people. See, these people need forgiveness. They need repentance. And, and sometimes we can't give that to them. And you suffer from that. And the only way you can keep yourself from getting angry is, is to pray. You've got to pray for them. You've got to ask God to forgive them. At some point, you have to say, I love you, I'm sorry. But if you can't do that, you must pray. And that is to love. You must ask God to forgive them. And that is to love. We can't always say, I, lo I love you by loving. We don't always love by saying, I love you. Sometimes we say, I love you by praying and by forgiving. Because that's what people need. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Doug Keck is always here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf as we continue on with another caller for Mother's Show asking a question about the idea of suffering and how that fits in with God's mercy. Mm -hmm. You know, Mother mentions three types of sufferings, and the first one I had never really thought about, you know, too much. Experienced it, yes. So the three types of suffering, she says, the suffering of putting up with ourselves, the suffering that comes from others, and the suffering that comes from our own body as it weakens as we get older and older. But I never really thought much about that one. I certainly have experienced it. The suffering that is putting up with ourselves and our own weaknesses, our frailties, our struggles with things. And what Mother is saying here is that we're not to hate ourselves, but to endure patiently our brokenness begin each day even if we have to begin again and again a thousand times as many times as necessary to suffer you know and putting up with ourselves and being patient with the purification that's right. part of this this side of heaven yeah well as mother points out all suffering is in a sense an act of mercy mm -hmm. from god but it's interesting too because this person i think because of their personal situation was, was feeling in a sense as if they, people were saying, well, you're suffering for other people and you're mm -hmm. suffering for yourself as if it was your fault that you had to suffer as opposed to realizing that some people are suffering souls or people can take yeah. their own suffering and offer that up. Yeah, and, and Mother points out at the end of this, God's not pointing his finger at you. You know, it's a gift that he's going to mold you. He's going to purify you through this. That suffering really is an act of his mercy to help prepare you for a deeper life with him now and eternally. Exactly. Here's Mother Angelica. And so I'm going to have some calls. Hello? Hello. Hi. Where are you from? I'm from Boynton Beach, Florida, Mother. Uh, where, what's your question? I've been a Catholic all my life, not a practicing one until about um, close to 40 years ago when I got married. Mm -hmm. I've had this disease for the past 40 years. Uh, it's called Raynaud's Scleroderma where it affects all the parts of your body. I had a very loving husband who would stand behind me whenever I'd have these illnesses. But unfortunately, just last December, uh, in September, I lost him. He was, well, all his life he wasn't sick, and in two months he was gone. He was, he died right, just right beside me. 
and um, while he was while he died, in the meantime, I was sick, and uh, all of a sudden, after he died, I, I buried him with military honors and everything because he was in the service. I started having worse problems, so I had four surgeries after that, and I ended up with part of my right leg amputated, and I'm alone. And I talked to a couple of my friends, and uh, they said that I was suffering uh, for other people, and I was suffering for my own sins. And being a lector of my church for over 30 years, I couldn't believe that, but then I started having these feelings of probably I am suffering for all my sins, and I'm just wondering that a loving God like Jesus, would he, uh, you know, let us go through this, uh, sister? Well, <laughs> I, I, I question that you're just suffering for your sins, you know. When all suffering is an act of mercy of God, we don't look at suffering right. If it wasn't so suffering in all our lives, the suffering of putting up with ourselves, our own dispositions, our own weaknesses, the suffering that comes to us from others, the suffering that comes to us from our own body as it weakens as we get older and older, the suffering that comes every day in every possible way is a part of God's mercy to us. God's mercy because He wants to purify us. See? He's not punishing you for your sins. He's, he's allowing you to suffer for your own sake and for the sake of others. St. Paul said this is a wicked generation and your lives should redeem it. Well, we all know there's only one Redeemer. We all know that Jesus redeemed us already. What did he mean? It means we add our pain, our sufferings, our frustrations, our disappointments, our heartaches to the pain of Jesus. And that redeems all mankind. So you, you can't say God's looking at you and say, oh, boy, you're a big sitter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. No, 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 no. That isn't what he does. If I suffer anything, it's, it's, a, it's a, an act of God's mercy for us, an act of God's love for me. Can't go to heaven being me. I gotta go to heaven being like Jesus. See, everything we do has to be for Jesus. And all your pains and sufferings, your loneliness now, see, is all a part of God's mercy. Look at it that way. God has mercy on all of us, see? And these are opportunities to love Him. To be like him, we have to change. You know, we have Jesus Himself emptied Himself. See, we have to empty ourselves and not be like ourselves. You know, don't let these consequences of original sin take hold of us. And today, you know, everybody's supposed to act just like the way they want to act. Well, we can't do that because we become unjust, unfair. There's a lot of that around, you know that. So you look upon your pain and suffering as a purification from God for all of us, for yourself, for mankind, for the church. But it's molding you into the image of Jesus. See, when the Father looks at you, he sees his son Jesus. And he does that with all of us, see. He's not pointing a finger at you. Take it as a gift from God a loving gift that's going to mold you into his image. See, that's what we need. 
And closing out this week's program, we have a caller asking about vocations and the idea of trying again. And they're mm-hmm. dealing with a, a situation, I guess, where they're in their late, late, late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. and finding it difficult to find a religious order that's open to them. And they came up with uh, Holy Apostles in Cromwell, Connecticut. You know, that's where I began my philosophy studies. I was there for a semester and a summer. And... Uh, good school and a lot of older men who went on to lead very productive priestly lives. So that's a seminary we continue to encourage, you know, older men to look into. Of course, they are going to have to find a bishop to accept them and uh, to be behind them. But I believe at least at that time, they could begin at least their studies, although they're going to be responsible for them. Right. And I would also think, and maybe this is I've heard Mother talk about it. You yourself would talk about the idea. You know, if if people are are in their middle ages and and are going into religious life, sometimes they're too set in their ways, in a sense, mm-hmm. to adapt into that community life. And that's where the diocesan priesthood may give them the freedom, really, that they're used to. Uh, religious life is going to be more of a challenge for a lot of them, although it does happen. But that can be a possibility just uh, going into the priesthood. And as Mother says. Try again. We have another call. Hello? Hi, sister. Hi, where are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania, and I'm thrilled thrilled to death I finally got through to you. (laughs) And now I can die a happy death. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, what can I do for you? I have a question about vocations. I'm 44, and about uh, when I was 39 or 40, I I felt a very strong calling to the religious life. Yeah. And so I subsequently wrote to many orders, quite a few orders. Yeah. And 99% of them closed the door in my face because mm-hmm. of my age. And I'm, I'm wondering when there is such a need for vocations in the church, and I am, you know, and I, I reach out, and, you know, they ask me my age, and I tell them, and they just automatically had nothing to do with me. Well, I think there's good news. There is a seminary called Holy Apostles. Where is that? Connecticut? Yeah. Where is it? Cromwell, Connecticut. Cromwell, there we go. We, we know everything here, by God. <laughs> Cromwell, Connecticut. All right, your Holy Apostles Seminary. They take belated vocations. So try again. I'm sure they'll take you. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.